Welcome to the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast, where we feature physicians who are redefining the practice of medicine and changing the experience we have as doctors in medicine. We all know the system is broken, but we've decided not to complain about it anymore. We're out to fix it. I'm Dr. Una, your host. I'm a pediatrician and serial entrepreneur, but my passion is helping physicians create the freedom to live life and practice medicine on their terms. This is not just a podcast, it's a movement, a movement of change, and I invite you to be a part of it. Let's jump right in. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. I'm super excited to be here, but very, very excited because I have the amazing Dr. Katie Deming here, and we are going to be talking about how she is changing her world with the business that she chose to build as a radiation oncologist. So this is going to be really good. So just lean in and get ready. This is going to be a lot of fun. So Dr. Deming, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a big fan of yours. So I just have to throw that out there at the very beginning. So (laughs) privileged to be here with you. Oh, thank you for saying that. And likewise, I've followed you for a long time. And I mean, it's just amazing that I get to have you on the show. So my first question would be, you're a radiation oncologist. So what made you set up a brand new company, right? Like a brand new company, um, Make Mary, and I'll have you tell people what that is in a second, but what was your inspiration? Because my question is, being a radiation oncologist, isn't that enough? (laughs) So I never intended to design a product or a company. Really, my business grew out of an unmet need that I was seeing in my clinic every day. So I'm a radiation oncologist specializing in breast and gynecologic cancers, and women with breast cancer develop a sunburn-like reaction over their breast while they're having radiation. And when I was trained as a resident by mostly male attendings, because radiation oncology is a mostly um, male-dominated field, even today it's still seven men for every three women. And I think that's because it's a physics-dominated field. You know, we use a lot of physics and Anyway, I was taught by male attendings to tell my breast cancer patients to go braless and just wear a loose cotton t-shirt while they're having radiation. And, you know, women are going to work, doing all their normal activities while they're having this treatment. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me as a resident that this was probably not great advice, but it didn't. And it wasn't until I started practicing and recommending that and actually really listening to my patients that they were like, this is not good. I need to wear some support. It actually feels better to have some support. But, you know, so I figured there were products on the market because there's lots of bras that are designed for women with breast cancer. So I figured there must be something designed for women with sensitivity since 70% of women who have breast cancer have radiation as part of their treatment. So anyway, I went shopping, pretended like I was a patient with breast cancer. And I told the sales lady. And this was at a big retailer that does fittings for women with breast cancer. So they're trained in this. And I told them I was going to have a lumpectomy and radiation and please show me what options they had for me to wear. And the experience was horrifying. Hmm. Number one, I was walked past all the beautiful lingerie and the, you know, lingerie department that I would normally shop for. I was taken into a back dressing room and brought a bunch of things that look like devices that I would use in a procedure. 
So they were nothing like I would want to put on my body. And then on top of that, none of the products were what my patients would need. They were constrictive. They were scratchy. They had, you know, elastic and seams in all the wrong places. And I actually left that store and got in my car and started crying. And here I was just doing research. Like I was literally just going to find out what was available for my patients. And I was crying in my car. So I was like, oh my goodness, what? must my patients feel like if they were to have this experience? And so I just decided after that, I'm like, well, there's nothing on the market that's designed for my patients. So I'm just going to help them make their own clothing work. And so for four years, I did that, just did crazy things like had them take t-shirts and put them under their bras or flip camisoles inside out. I even had them take panty liners and put them on their underarm seams. So silly, silly, goofy stuff that seemed not right. Here I am in a clinic where I have you know, every machine that I have is like $5 million. I can track my patient's breathing to avoid their heart with radiation. And yet I can't find them a comfortable bra to wear during treatment when I know they're going to have this side effect, of skin reaction. So anyway, four years after that trip to the store, the same store called my clinic and asked if they could give a presentation to the doctors about the bras for women with breast cancer. And so I was excited because I thought, oh, good, they're coming to a radiation oncology clinic. There must be something new that was designed. Oh, no. No? (laughs) No. So they came in and I was the only female in my practice at the time. I think there were four of us and there were three men and, and myself. And they came in and they presented all the same bras that I had seen that are really designed for post surgery, post mastectomy, you know, compression. So I said to the women, I said, you know, these products are okay for women who've had mastectomies, but all of the patients in our clinic are having radiation and actually only about a third of women with breast cancer have a mastectomy. So I'm wondering, what do you recommend for them? And they said, we didn't even realize that was a different problem. You tell us, like, what do you need? Because you see these patients. And so then I, at this point, I knew what this product should look like because I had made it like this little pet project where I was just problem solving with my patients. So I said, I want this and this and this and this. And they looked at each other and they said, there's not a product that has all of those things. Wow. A different product with each of those different features, but nothing that combines it all. And so I left that meeting that day and I said, I have no idea how to manufacture or design a product, but I clearly understand this problem and nobody is solving it for my patients. And that just set me on this path. <laughs> and I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I started, um, but I just figured someone else has done this before. So, you know, how hard can it be? Well, <laughs> it turns out that bras are a little bit technical. I could have maybe started with an easier piece of clothing, but that's really what started it. You gave so many value bombs here that I have to I have to go back and look at this, right? Isn't it amazing that we may notice a problem and we're like, wow, that's a huge problem and not realize that maybe nobody else understands the problem, right? Like as physicians, we're in a unique position to understand some problems. And so maybe that puts us in the best position to fix it. I mean, I love that you did that and embraced all of it because you could have looked at it and said, oh, well, that's just sad. Somebody should do something, but you decided to be somebody. Wow. I think that is one of the things that as a physician, we are uniquely positioned to see problems that other people are not seeing. And 
we have the ability to solve them. We may not realize it because we're like, well, our training is this, but it's like, there are other people who can help you build the solution, but you are seeing things in a way that most other people are not, you know, and even someone who goes through a treatment, they have their own experience. But when you're a doctor, you're seeing thousands of people with this same problem. And I I literally, for those four years, was that doctor who was like, someone's going to solve this, you know? And then at that meeting, I was just like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to solve this. Like, you know, if I don't do something. And so, you know, that's why I jumped in. Wow. Okay. So everybody listening, this is a time to stop and ask yourself what problems you've noticed and noticed and noticed And maybe you've done some makeshift stuff like Dr. Deming did for four years. And then maybe you go like, well, I have a great understanding of this problem. I may not know everything about how to solve it, but I can work with people to solve it. But nobody understands it like I do. And maybe that is something you should fix. I'm not saying it is, but it's worth taking the inventory. Oh boy, I love it. Okay, so you decided I'm going to solve this problem and you went out and you decided to start this business and everything just worked perfectly, right? Because this is how this works. That's exactly how business works. How did you know that? I mean, experience. (laughs) So walk us through some of the things you had to learn, right? Like you're a physician and now you went into the world of entrepreneurship. What kind of transitions did you have to make? What worked for you? So this has been a really long journey for me and so much learning and so much growth. At first, when I started, I hired, you know, there are companies that will do prototypes for products. And in Portland, there was, there's a place called Portland Garment Factory. And actually I'm like, I feel choked up saying their name because two days ago, someone burned down their building. So wow, quite tragic, but they were the ones who started me and just help me. Basically, I went to them because I said, I don't know where to start. I'm wondering if at least we can start to put together a prototype. So that's what I did is I started working with them. And then what I realized is that you don't know what you don't know. And so if you wait until you know, you will never get started. So I just started with them and I realized what I didn't know as I worked with them. I was like, oh, actually, you really need someone who specializes in technical, you know, bras or sports um, wear to design a product like this. And so then I had to move from them to, you know, another person and actually develop my own little team with expertise. But it was like, it was okay that I didn't start out doing the exact right thing because I learned what I needed to do from making, you know, maybe some mistakes in starting with this first group. And honestly, I feel like that's how my whole journey has been is like, I didn't know. So I just started. And then I learned what I didn't know. And then I pivoted and found someone else. And and oftentimes it would take me a couple of times to find the right person who could help me solve a particular problem. And then once I got a product that I thought was ready for manufacturing, I realized that actually manufacturing and selling a product is a whole different thing than just even developing a product. And this was an area where I realized it was going to require a lot of capital and also it was going to require a lot of time to market and sell. And I didn't have any expertise or experience in marketing and selling. And so at this point, I licensed my products. I also should add that I have a patent in there. So I have a patent on one of my products. And so because I had the patent, 
Um, and because I didn't want to quit my day job, this was like literally trying to help my patients and solve a problem, but I was still a full-time physician. And actually at this point, I was also an administrator um, leading a cancer service line. So I licensed my products to another company as a collection. And one of the things that was really smart that I did in that, that I can take no credit for, it was literally my husband who's in branding, is that he said, you know, if you're going to launch your products through this other company, you want to have your name somehow attached to them or a brand name, because when this licensing agreement is over, if you don't want to stay in this, you don't want them just selling your product under their name and nobody knowing that it's something different that was designed for this specific purpose. And that's when we created the name Make Mary. Well, actually, like naming is a whole nother thing. So we went through like three names. We got sued by like the mink farmers of America because we started with the name mink. And anyway, just so many things. But Make Mary ended up being the name that we chose for that collection. And I did the licensing agreement for two and a half years. And I had some big challenges and issues that came up in that licensing agreement and then ended up pulling back out of that and ending it when the term was finished. But thank goodness I had already started developing brand recognition around that name because then when I now had to take that out and go manufacture and market and sell myself, I had some name recognition that I would not have had if I had licensed them without my name attached. So I know I gave a lot in there, but that's kind of the beginning. Yeah. Part of how I got to having my own company where I now manufacture market and sell on my own products. And now for a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast is sponsored by the EntreMD Business School. We didn't get any business education during our medical training, and this school fixes that. It is the only school of its kind that helps physicians become thriving entrepreneurs who make money, have impact, and have time for the things that matter. You will get the coaching, accountability, and community you need to be successful. To find out more and to save your spot, go to entremdbusinessschool.com. And now for the rest of the episode. That is good. And I love it because what you did is you kind of took us behind the scenes, right? Like when I see the Instagram pictures of entrepreneurs sipping margaritas on the beach and talking about working two hours a week, it ticks me off because <laughs> I'm like, people are going to go into this thinking that's the way it works. That's not the way this works, right? Ultimately at some point, but, and I love, you know, if you saw me looking down, it's just because I'm writing because this is so good. But I love that you said, this is how I did it. I didn't know. So then I started, then I found out what I didn't know. Then I pivoted and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. So especially for us doctors, there's a lot of perfectionism, right? I cannot start till I have all the pieces together. But what you're saying is no, what you really need to do is just start, (laughs) you know, and thank you for sharing that, you know, start by starting. And there's marketing and selling and there's all these new things and there's challenges, but it's all good. So in spite of all of this, you have had huge wins. Like I love celebrating. I've seen some of your posts on social media. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's doing it. What are some of the wins you've had in this business? 
Well, I think just getting a product to market and having a yesterday, yeah, yesterday in clinic, the nurses told me, they said, there's a woman in the dressing room over there. She's not your patient because I work in a clinic with lots of other physicians, but she's raving about your bra. And I told her, I said, the doctor who designed it is just right outside. She's like, I got to meet her. And she came out and she was just like, that's when it hits home for me. Like that's the biggest accomplishment that women are wearing a bra while they're having radiation that not only meets their functional needs, but makes them feel beautiful. I'm like that game over. Like, that's it. That's what this whole thing was about for me. And I think that also bucking the system a little bit, I think fashion ignores disability, right? So fashion is designed for runways and and looking beautiful and everything has to be perfect. And then in medicine, I think sometimes we say it's okay that people going through a medical illness don't need something beautiful to wear. And I want to be that voice to say, you know what, it is important that we not only have functional, but we have beautiful things for people to wear. If you are sick, the last thing we should be doing is making you wear something that makes you feel more sick. Wow. So for me, I think that's like the, the biggest win is just like to actually have this idea and watching women suffering and now having a product on the market that can serve them. And they don't have to have that awful experience you had when you pretended to be the patient when you went to the store. That is so good. And this is why we went into medicine anyway, right? To help. And this is an amazing way to help. So for all of us listening, how would you say we can support what you do, right? Because what you do is not only a product, it's a movement, if you will. It's, you know, changing the system and all of that. So everybody may not need your product, but how can everybody support your mission? Well, I think my mission is really how do we heal, you know, and, and healing is more than what we prescribe. And so I think thinking about our patients in a way of what are the things that will help their mental well-being. And in this particular case is like really thinking about it's important for our patients to feel beautiful, to feel confident. And I think that comes in many forms. For me, it's coming in clothing and also, you know, in empowering my patients through treatments. But I think it's the way we empower our patients with knowledge and education so that they can make great decisions for their body. And then just really, you know, treating the human in front of us. I think that we miss that in medicine sometimes just because we're so busy. But, you know, it's the humanity of really treating people as humans. And how would you want to be treated no matter what you're going through? And sometimes we think, gosh, all these other things like clothing or whatever is outside our purview. And it it may be, but to just imagine what it's like to step into their shoes sometimes I think gives you a perspective to realize, oh, whoa, there are so many things that are going on for our patients that we can, at least if we're aware of supporting them can be really valuable. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. If I asked you what you would say to the doctor who is thinking like, you know, maybe there's a product, maybe there's a service, maybe there's something I've wanted to do. I know you would say they should just start. So I'll skip that question. (laughs) I don't think like everyone should like jump in and start designing a product because there's also a lot of things around, you need to be really ready for running a business. But what I would say is the jumping in is like, start to talk to people, start to ask around, start to like really understand, because I think it is really important 
to understand what you're getting into before you jump in two feet first and start risking your financial well-being. Because the way that I started out, I wasn't thinking about this whole process. And I was kind of thinking that I was just designing a product that I was going to give away, kind of like a hobby, really, honestly, just like the way that I was thinking about it when I started. And if I were to start over again, I would be really asking those questions like, okay, what is this really required? Like, what is the time requirement going to be of me? And like, do I have time to do that with my family, with my work schedule? Am I willing to make the sacrifices to make this happen? And then do I have the capital? If I don't have the capital, am I willing to go after funding? What does that look like? So I think there are things that you could, and now there are enough of us physician entrepreneurs and there's, you know, all these podcasts and stuff that you can gather some of this information, but, you know, I have a lot of people who come to me and they're like, I have an idea for a clothing brand, but they don't really want to run a clothing brand. They like the idea of it. And I'm just, the, the reality of it is this is a business. Like this is something else that you are building. It's it, honestly, I would say that developing in my journey as an entrepreneur has been as challenging as my training in, in medical school. <laughs> so it's like, you know, just, and I don't mean that to turn people off, but I really want people to understand what they're getting into so that then, then when they're like halfway in, they're like, yes, this is what I signed up for. And my mission is this, like I am going after this. And I'm committed to that because it's such a shame if you end up in the middle and you've spent, you know, for me, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars to like build a product. And if you get halfway in and then you're like, I just lost that. And then I didn't actually get something to market, you know, it's tragic. So have a reality check. That's where you start from (laughs) and evaluate Yeah, start talking to people and then like ask yourself those hard questions. Do I really want to do this? Like, am I? Yes. At some point, I'll have a business that's making money while I'm sleeping. But you know what? There's probably like five to 10 years in there where that is not the case. (laughs) It means I'm going to be working two jobs all at once. And, you know, it's it's um, it's a lot. I love it. I love it. You guys heard her. You heard her. (laughs) Now, with all the challenges, the risk. You needing to do this while still working full time, all of that. At this point, would you say it's worth it for you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm just actually getting to the point. So I will be cutting back to part time in six months from now. So it's taken me a long time. And it's not because my business is supporting the income. Actually, the business is profitable now. When you, get to profitability, oftentimes you're pouring that money back into the company. So I'm not still not drawing um, a salary, but I can see it now. Like now I see the trajectory that I'm like, oh, this is going to be a salary for me. But for right now, you know, it's like, it's profitable, it's running. And I'm, I'm back, I'm making some choices in my professional life to create space because I've been so taxed. It's been a really long Gosh, when did I conceived of this idea when my daughter was just born and she's 11? So this has been over 10 years now for me. It's an overnight success. Oh, yeah. Overnight. (laughs) Just like that. It happens just like that. I love it. Just like that. (laughs) Where do people find you? Where do they find you? Find out about the bras, recommend them to their own patients and family and all that. We're online at shopmakemary.com. So S-H-O-P-M-A-K-E. M-E-R-R-Y.com. 
And the link will be in the show notes so you guys can find it there. Now, on every episode, I ask the listeners to share the episode because Doctors Changing Medicine is not just a podcast, it's a movement, right? My philosophy is there's a million of us. If we don't like the system, if we don't like our experience, we can change it, you know? And so for you, why would you say that the doctors listening should 100% share this episode? I think it's helpful for physicians to recognize that the things that we're doing, and and mine is just like one weird little niche, right? But there are so many of us who are doing these little things. And I think it demonstrates that anything's possible, that if you put your mind to it, if you want to change something, if you want to design a product, it's possible. And also the reality that like, yes, it's amazing. They're all the great things. We've been in New York Fashion Week, so we've had some tremendous successes, but it's also real. It's real work <laughs> to build it. So I think it's it's helpful for other doctors, other people in medicine to hear the real backside of like, yes, people are doing amazing things. And this is what it's like when you pull back the curtain. I love it. Thank you so much for coming to share your story. This is so powerful. <laughs> the interview turned out much better than I thought it would. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And um, for everyone listening, you know, go support what she does, recommend her stuff, share it. Um, you never know who it will help. And this is all from a place of service. And I will see you on the next episode of the Doctors Changing Medicine podcast. Thank you so much for coming, Doc. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Now, this is too good for you to keep to yourself, so I want you to do three things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Number two, share this episode with all the doctors in your life. Number three, share it on social media. Until next time, remember, you are a huge part of a movement, changing medicine, one podcast episode at a time. Mm -hmm.